So we're about at the halfway point. So I thought that this was maybe a good time to give a performance <laughs> review. Oh, oh no! What better time to do it than on the podcast for everybody to oh, hear. Oh no! I didn't. And welcome to our podcast. This is Generations MD. My name is Stephanie Davis. I'm joined here by my colleague, Sarah Davis. Dr. Sarah Davis, also known as my mother. Yay. Um, yay. I, I have no plan. Today. Okay. Okay. Well, I kind of, I just really want to unpack some of our last episode with Dr. John Geyser. If you haven't listened to that episode, our last, uh, we interviewed Dr. John Geyser, who is an anesthesiologist and has had a really fascinating life. But there was just a lot of things that he said that just kind of struck me. And I just, striking me, like, what I wanted to know is what you thought about when he was talking about um, just going all in on his career and then becoming a marathon runner and all those things. What were, what did you think about that? It sounds like he went all in on his career and all of that. And then like how he talked about how taking a step back, he didn't know if the juice was worth the squeeze. It's just kind of like, that makes sense if you make your priority your career, right? Like if you don't try to prioritize other things, I feel like it made it sound like there is no option for balance in medicine, which might be true in certain aspects. But I think that if you try to make that a priority to make your life if you want to have a family if you want to have other things going on then I think it's important to just like set that standard before going down that path because if not then I think it's really easy to just get stuck in the achievement 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 yeah that's I mean that's what I was thinking too and physician burnout is something that we talk about a lot now which was a term that we never use really prior to the pandemic I hardly heard anybody use that term maybe people were saying it but I wasn't reading those articles and uh, I see lots of this stuff about physician burnout and and I'm just like this is like such the classic case for physician burnout when when we take these people and we say okay you've got to do more and more and more and 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 if your drive isn't just maximum all the time then you're kind of like wimping out we were asking him about anesthesiology and the women that are in his group and is there options for them to for certain people can they work a little bit less and and do some things did you recall was that in the final episode who knows but um but there was, so anyway, there was opportunities for people to work a little bit less, do more of like regional blocks rather than these big cardiac cases. And he, but even when he was kind of describing that people were doing that and having some more work-life balance with doing that, there was almost this tone of like, yeah, but that's lame. Yeah. I don't know. Did you, did, did it strike you that way or is that just me? No, but I, what did, he was talking about how he was shadowing, or it was his third year of medical school or something, and he was with this anesthesiologist who then didn't do heart surgeries anymore, yes. and how he talked about at the time, he was like, man, that's lame, like, that's lame that they only do regional anesthesia or whatever, and then looking back now, he's like, oh, I really respect that guy for prioritizing him prioritizing his life over doing something that might seem cooler or whatever in the moment yeah yeah and so I just 
you know, there's just sort of that sense that happens. And I know this happens in other fields as well, where you just kind of get surrounded by these really intense people. The intensity then just sort of feeds on itself and off of each other, and it keeps kind of going and going. And then when somebody does want to take a step back, well, and Dr. Heidi Flagg talked about this too, that when she took a step back and stopped delivering babies, that she got a lot of pushback from people who had nothing to do with being on the call schedule or not. But it was just like, like, well, you're not a real OB-GYN because you don't deliver babies. And so I just thought that was like just that whole feeling of like, unless you are so immersed in this and at the very top of your game and doing everything you can possibly do, that then you're kind of not really like a real doctor or not a real whatever. Um, so I don't know. I just was I was struck by that theme because we had talked earlier when you were talking about going to medical school and that you were a little bit worried about getting kind of dragged into that culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that I want to be intentional about setting about my values and what's important to me. And I think I, I work on this a lot because I feel like even in undergrad, I kind of got stuck into that culture, just being in the pre-med and all of those things. But I think just like setting my values and just trying to be like, okay, this is what is important to me. I want to go into medicine because I'm interested in it. But for me, at least the most important thing in my life is like relationships and with people, like spending time with friends and families and partner. And like, I know that like, in my life in the grand scheme of things that's what I want to remember you know and he was just talking about how he didn't even think about lifestyle when he was going through (laughs) which we thought was kind of yeah like I and this all of this stuff is no disrespect to him he's been so successful and has had I feel like 10 different lives which is so cool and such a great story but just hearing the way that he looks back on it I think that that's also like a a man versus woman thing like I don't think that there's a ton of women that are going into this field and not thinking about their lifestyle um so yeah I guess I just also want to say that you can you can manage your lifestyle without you know wimping out and without you can still be a fantastic doctor and have you know and have a family and have an outside life but you just have to be very intentional about it I think if you're not intentional about it you can easily get dragged down that road and then this, you see this all the time. People are, you know, at the top of their career. They're doing all this stuff, but then they're super unhappy. And then they get burned out. And then they just quit altogether. Um, or they just say, oh, you know, I, I can't do this. Medicine is terrible. It's like, well, no, it's not terrible. It's just that you have set up your life in a way that now you're not enjoying it. Whereas if you could, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like pacing yourself during a marathon. I've done that multiple times where I've started off on a marathon and I'm running and I'm like, I feel so good. I'm up here running with these people. I feel great. I can just keep going and going. This is fantastic. And knowing, hmm, you know, this is probably a little bit faster pace than I really should be running, but that's all right because I feel so good. And then of course, you know, along comes miles 16, 17, 18 and totally burn out and end up you know, having to walk or just not, you know, could have finished it so much faster had I just paced myself better throughout it. So I guess I'm just kind of making that analogy between pacing yourself in your career so that it's sustainable, it's enjoyable, and that you can have those other outside interests that it's not, it doesn't have to take away from your career. It can kind of add to your career and make you, make you a better doctor and a better person, but it's not going to happen unless you think about it. I don't think that's just in medicine or I know that's not just in medicine and I think and I understand that I I don't understand I'm not a doctor um, but 
I see these doctors all the time talk about how if they went back and they could have chosen a different career path and it would have been so much better and whatever. And maybe that's true, but also if you're that type of person that is always reaching for the next thing and always trying and working so hard, then maybe you do go into investment banking and you're still working all night every day and not trying to compare that. Like it's a different, you know, it's still a different level. You have diff- you have people's lives in your hands versus like money. Yeah, people's money is pretty yeah. important. If you want to be really successful, you have to work really hard unless you are really talented and then you become an overnight sensation on TikTok. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's true in, in many different fields and it's 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 just that same culture. It's that same culture of of success and working hard and but but that whole philosophy of being all in. You're all in and that is and, and then that's what's valued is like, oh that person, you know, Look, they've been here for 24 hours straight, 36 hours straight, and they're still working hard. Look at that. Rah, rah, that's great. No, that's not great. I think that, I mean, you see that in athletes too, right? Like people, the whole thing about, yeah, being all in, going 100%, and then all in on this one thing, and then everything else in your life crumbles. You, I just don't, I see doctors complain all the time, and like, it's not just medicine. No, I agree. I agree. It's just, that's what they know. Yeah. yeah, that's what they know, and it's easy to be surrounded by that sort of culture and stuff. I think I've had to look at what success means. I think I look at success now differently than I looked at success like when I started college, oh, and that's really? something that I've really had to like think about and reframe in my brain. I think a lot of people, again, we've talked about this before, always trying to like get to the next step, go all in on this one thing, go all in on getting into med school, go all in on getting to the best residency, and like so focus that they just let everything else in their life crumble and i think it's important to be able to set your values and set your intentions before starting that journey yeah i think that's true and like i said it's just it's a recipe to flame out burn out when you're you know when you're like that and then especially dr geyser talked about this some as well and i think this happens in in all professions too is that you get there and you feel like you have worked hard and you put everything on the line, you know, sac- at, at great sacrifice. And then when your patients don't appreciate you or the surgeon is, you know, being disrespectful to you or whatever it is, that is so much harder because you don't have those other things to fall back on. And you also feel like, you know, I've done everything. I've done everything I can possibly do to get to this point, And now I'm not having the satisfaction that I thought I was going to have. And then it's so much of a bigger disappointment you're never going to get that satisfaction from external things like you got to find your worthiness mm-hmm. and everything it's internally come from in here it's got to come from in here because if you keep searching to find that fulfillment it's never going to happen man you got to find right. it from within <laughs> <laughs> that's <be> our thing <laughs> well so speaking of you know excelling and satisfaction and all of that, you know, you have been working at this job for me for about six months. We're kind of at our halfway point. Just uh, for those listeners out there, Stephanie has been working as my medical assistant in my office um, for the last six months, and she's going to do it until this spring or summer uh, before she starts medical school. So we're about at the halfway point. So I thought that this was maybe a good time to give a performance <laughs> review. Oh, <laughs> no! time to do it than on the podcast for everybody to oh, hear. Oh no, I did not. <laughs> you have a piece of paper. I got a piece of paper. Now, <clears throat> oh, oh my so god. I've rated you on 
a scale from <laughs> one to ten on a variety <laughs> of things. And um, I, I'm going to ask you, like, what score you think you deserve on these things, too. So um, now... You know, this is, um, I've talked to uh, HR department and... There's two people in this company. <laughs> There's no real... Me and her. We don't have like a real formal review process, but I just made one up and I scribbled some things on a piece of paper and that's, uh, that's going to be our performance <laughs> review. So, <clears throat> okay, item number one are skills such as blood drawing, giving shots, EKG, kind of medical assistance skills. Um, on a scale from one to ten, where do you think you are on those? Nine point five. I give you a ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I think I'm good at the techie stuff. I can't be perfect. No one's perfect, no but one's perfect. I think I'm pretty good at it. I think you're very competent in all those things. Okay. I feel very comfortable when a patient comes in and they need to get, you know, a shot. You know, I know that you can drop the vaccine, mix it up, give it, use the right needle, give the shot. Like I don't have to worry at all about that. Um, same thing with giving blood, I mean, drawing blood, doing EKGs, any of that stuff. I, it, it's nice. I feel like you're, you're very confident. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm not worried about it either, ever. 10 out of 10. Number, item number two is chit-chatting with patients, which is a very <laughs> important thing in this office because, well, the person that I had that worked here before worked here for almost 20 years and was very, very good at chit-chatting with patients. And so... Are we doing this on a comparison scale? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> if, if, that's, if that's the way that it works out, you might be compared to your predecessor. Sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just the way. Uh, that's the this policy. That's the policy. There's nothing I can do. Um, <laughs> but um, so chit-chatting with patients. Uh, where do you think you are on a scale from 1 to 10? I think I'm pretty good, but it depends on the day. If we're comparing me to Melanie Heat, then I mean I'm in the negatives. But if we're... If, I, on average, I don't know. I give myself an 8 out of 10. I give you a 10 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. Things will get worse at some point here. But um, I think you're very good at chit-chatting with patients. I think you, um, you're you good at reading the room and knowing, like, okay, when does this person need a little bit? Some people are not real comfortable when they walk into the doctor's office. And so they just need some reassurance. And you talk to them and ask them where they're traveling to or just, you know, doing that type of stuff. I think you do that very well. But then but then they start talking about why they're there. And then I kind of walk into the room and I don't want the patient to have to repeat the whole story. So I walk in and then you kind of graciously, you know, you finish getting the vitals and you and you leave. And so no, I think you I think you do that very well. Ten out of ten. Okay. Sweet. Dealing with technology. Um, ten out of ten. ten. I redid all the phones, and I am really good at figuring things out. I found efficient ways to do things. I would say efficiency is one of my strong suits. I would I would agree with that. Gave you ten out of ten. Um, yeah, I don't. When I have any trouble, I know that you can solve it, and I know if you don't know how to do something, you can figure it out. I like this praise. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Um, okay, your attitude when talking to patients. Now, some of these patients can be, some of them just require more patience when dealing with the patients. How do you feel your attitude is with dealing with the patients? 10 out of 10. I think I'm, I think I'm great. I gave you 10 out of 10. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're very good with dealing, dealing with them, giving them what they need and all that. Now, how about the attitude with your boss? (laughs) What do you think you deserve on this one? Can you be more specific? 
Well, it all it says here on the paper is attitude with boss. Um, like, for example, would you ever sort of like, um, you know, be snappy with your boss or like kind of try to like order your boss when around? The, when a little the bit? boss is my mother, um, then I. All right, attitude is negative one out of ten. Oh, I wasn't that bad. I gave you six out of ten. Okay, okay. You're happy with that. That's passing. You're (laughs) barely. (laughs) What's passing on this grade? Well, I don't know. I'm not really sure. We'll kind of have to add it up when we get to the end. Um, Yes, I wrote on here, these are the comments. I mean, again, this is just... This is uh, what the form said, so, you know, nothing I could really do about it. But I said, usually very good, but sometimes can be snippy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This one, I kind of have to explain a little bit. It says cleaning up messes. This I don't mean like, um, you know, metaphorical or whatever. I mean like literal messes. One of the jobs of a medical assistant unfortunately, is that a doctor walks into a room and we make a big old mess. We just, like, we leave stuff lying around and, you know, I mean, I use something, I just kind of set it down and then then I leave the room and when I walk back in, I want it to all look perfect again, like I was never even in there. Um, how do you feel you are with doing that? Eight out of ten. Sometimes I forget, but most of the time I think I do well. Yeah, I gave you 7.5. Um, I would say that that is something that has improved. I think it's something that, you know, it's kind of interesting because usually, you know, as a mom, you end up cleaning up your kids' messes all the time and they get kind of used to you doing that. So at home, Stephanie's not messy at home, but I'm more likely to clean up the mess at home than you are. But in the office, you're the one who's supposed to clean up the mess. It's not that I'm doing that. Intent- I just forget sometimes. Yeah, It's yeah. just forget. Sometimes I'll walk in, I'm like, oh, I forgot to clean that up. Yeah. yeah. But I'll clean it up. That's fair. I mean, that ha- whenever I'm there by myself, well, of course, and that's because I'm used to other people cleaning up my <laughs> messes, but like sometimes if Stephanie's not here and I see a patient and then I go to do something else and then another patient's coming in, I'm like, oh, good God, who left this room like that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Here's here's one. Being proactive, anticipating what I'm going to need. And I think this is like sort of the mark between this is something that every doctor is looking for in a medical assistant or with any of their employees. And that is one of the hardest things to find, uh, because basically the person has to really be able to sort of think like me. Okay, you know, this patient is coming in. What are the stuff that, what's she going to ask for? What's she going to want to do to have the, all that stuff at the ready? Where do, where do you think you are on that? Oh, I probably could put in more effort. <laughs> <laughs> you could be better at that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was being evaluated. Um, I don't know. Seven out of ten? I'll give you nine. Okay. I, I said... And probably only, you might have even done better, except for your predecessor was really, really good (laughs) at that. So, you know, again, I mean, it's just, that's the policy is that we compare you to the predecessor. So I'm sorry, but that's it. So now I've been here for six months. My predecessor was here for 20 years. (laughs) Sorry. That's just, you know, that's just the way it is. But I think that, um, I would say, I think you are very good at it. I do think you have the skills to be even better. I, I would agree with that. I forget sometimes. Um, punctuality and work ethic. Ebbs and flows. <laughs> I mean, I, I gave you 10 out of 10. Okay. okay. I think your work ethic is, is good. And you, as far as I know, you're always here on top. We, I haven't had any issues with tardiness. 
Yeah. yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. Hey, if I don't know, it doesn't really count. Uh, I mean, if I'm rolling in five minutes late, I'll be sure to put the phone on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to start checking your location. Also, I'm, sometimes I'm scared that you're going to do that. <laughs> hey, man. i got things to do. I'm not just sitting there checking your location all the time. That's the tough thing about having your boss as your mom or your mom as your boss is that she can look at your location you wouldn't normally have that for your employees unless you were a psychopath but at least it's the other way around too so i can see where she is that's right she's like oh she's far away there's no way she's coming in i can go down for a nap do whatever (laughs) uh willingness to learn 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 i gave you 10 out of 10 thank you um and so Overall, this is not like I didn't, there was no formula for this. This was just kind of my overall score. Uh, I gave you 9.5 out of 10. Sweet. Yeah. And the 0.5 is just from the snappiness. The snappiness. That's, <laughs> you just pretty much lost the 0.5 from the snappiness. I'll take it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, that does make you ineligible for a raise. <laughs> Uh, Again, I'm sorry, it's the policy. There's nothing I can do. You had to, um, no, there was not, a raise was never on the table. (laughs) Well, maybe I'd stop being so snappy if there was a raise on the table. Mm, Well, I'm going to just take my chances. (laughs) I'll keep being snappy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so how do you feel about your performance review? I want to rate your performance. Feel free. Okay, fine. Just not realize that it could result in a firing at the end if, uh, if, I, if I don't do well. You have the advantage in this case. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I've done pretty well. I think there's um, times I could put in more effort in what I'm doing, but I mean, I get the job done. Besides, you're only going to be here for a few more months, and then you're yeah. on to bigger and better things. So. I'm not trying to get a letter of rack anymore, so. Right. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon you're just going to be like, <coughs> sorry, I can't make it to work. I'm I sorry. like making money. I like, I, I don't mind coming in. Okay. I, yeah. Well, that's good. This job's great. If you need a job, send us a message. Yeah, because I'll be gone in six months. Yeah. I need somebody new. Somebody who has all of these things and with a decreased snippiness to their boss. <laughs> okay. That is, I think those are all of the things that I have for the podcast. Do you have some other, uh, we've talked about having some sort of, um, case but uh parasomnias uh is that your case presentation (laughs) yeah so um i keep yelling in my sleep again and i used to remember i used to do that as a kid all the time yeah you did i know i really feel like you should be growing out of this stuff by now yeah i don't know yeah you know ryan had some night terrors sometimes I, I can't remember what age that was i feel like it's more age like three or four or something like that do you know what a night terror is i used to what well, i used to have those did i not i would scream all the time when i was a kid yeah i guess we didn't really notice it as much with Wait, you but what? you would just like put in that's why because I, I would scream i would say no stop no yeah but that's i don't know with your stuff the the yelling out but the night terror thing is like is like specific when somebody yeah i mean they do yell out but they also sometimes like they look like they're awake oh and sometimes it goes on and on like it can go on for like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that and what happens is they basically they were in the deepest sleep and then all of a sudden they shoot up to like you know love phase one of sleep or whatever it is and and but the creepiest thing is they look like, you kind of think that they're awake, 
but they're not awake. Like they can't hear you. They can't like react to you, but they are kind of like, they're just mumbling and moving. And sometimes their eyes are open and they look like they're possessed. I could see how like a long time ago, you would have thought your child had like demon possession if they- Well, how'd you get it stop? You know, there's not much you can do, unfortunately. You kind of just have to, like, let the episode pass and you just, you know, reassure yourself that, okay, they're fine, they're safe, like, there's nothing I can really do. I'll just kind of make sure that they're not, like, getting out of bed and doing something that's going to hurt them. But uh, you just kind of wait for it to pass. One of the things that can cause it is actually being sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah. So then you just really try to make an effort so that they are getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. uh, to try to avoid it. I don't know about your screaming. And I'm in the sleepwalking. Comment below if you want to hear the story of me sleepwalking in Nashville. Um, If we get enough comments, then I'll tell her on the podcast. Also, comment um, in general. Give us more comments. We need some questions. Questions, comments. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what you think. Is that the best forum for people to yeah. get a hold of us? Yes. Or okay. TikTok. Um, or message us on parkcities.personalphysicians on Instagram. We're going to take a break next week because of Christmas. Are you excited for our Christmas plans? I'm very excited. Get to spend some time doing some snowboarding and having some family time. What's better than that? Because I don't get enough of it already. <laughs> That's right. More. Um, there won't be a performance review at the end of the vacation. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. You know where to find us. Uh, Generations MD on TikTok. Follow Park City's Personal Physicians on Instagram. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Right. Bye.